Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? Brought to you by Visit Houston. Become a Houston insider today from the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas. Here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Doing things a little bit differently this week. We are social distancing, so we are recording this episode over Skype. I apologize in advance for any decrease in the usually sparkling sound quality that we achieve, courtesy of our producer, Michael Carroll, but we are doing our best. I am joined by my co-host this week. He is a passionate advocate for the Houston food scene who caused a little bit of a social media stir last week. Matt Harris, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you, sir. Hanging in there. I think we all are. I, I mean, you could use whatever analogy, or, or let me just say, signposting. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, we are living in, uh, we are living in the darkest timeline to make a, a dated reference to the show community. We are living in the upside down to make a dated reference to the show Stranger Things. Uh, whatever analogy or reference you want to cite, this is an unprecedented time for Houston restaurants. Uh, all bars have been ordered closed by Governor Greg Abbott. All restaurant dining rooms have been ordered closed. They are Restaurants are restricted to, to go and delivery only. And it has... It is a financial crisis for restaurants. Justin Turner is going to come on from Bernie's Burger Bus in a little bit. He's going to talk about the kind of reduction in revenue that they've seen. But this is a very serious challenge for restaurants all over the country. Um, so what we want to we want to start with, I think, Matt, is by talking about some of the ways that people can can support these restaurants that they care about. Because if they if they don't support them now, they might not be here when this crisis is over. I think so. I mean, it, it is certainly unprecedented. Um, devastating is probably a word I would use that sort of here one day, you know, close the next, just not, uh, not a little, uh, um, not a lot of, uh, warning. And, 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 you know, one, one thing about food and beverage industry is, you know, they're used to hustling. And I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> this hurdle, this hustle hurdle, is uh, pretty high. Yeah, we've seen all kinds of sort of creative responses to this crisis. I mean, Nancy's Hustle has started doing uh, breakfast and brunch, so you can get a you get a bagel from Nancy's Hustle at least uh, certain days of the week. Theodore Rex has kicked over to a a money cap menu, which is the pop up Justin you had. Uh, we're seeing restaurant groups consolidate. Uh, for example, Sandbrook's management has closed both Candente and 1751 C&Bar. Uh, they're running all of their operations out of the pit room. Clark Cooper Concepts has closed everything except Costa Osteria, Copa Osteria, easy for me to say, uh, that's serving a hybrid menu of dishes from Brasserie 19 and Punks and the Dunleavy and, and even some Ibiza dishes. So uh, yeah, we are seeing evidence of that hustle. Matt, as I, as I said in the intro, you caused a little bit of a, a social media sensation last week. You started uh, giving out gift cards on Instagram to people who 
supported local restaurants. Uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about why you decided to do that? Well, as you know, sir, I, I don't, I'm not super comfortable talking about myself and I don't, I, I do have the advantage or maybe more knowledge just seeing how much uh, restaurants and bars give and give back to the community on a daily basis and just felt like uh, this was a time when it was a chance for customers to give back. I had driven by a, a national chain drive through that had a line out into the street and uh, just got a little frustrated, got a little angry and uh, just felt like needed to put out a call to, uh, to support the restaurants and bars. Well, it definitely attracted some attention. I mean, I did a, I did five minutes on the Blitz with AJ Hoffman and Fred Fowler on ESPN 97.5, kind of talking about what you were up to. How many people would you say took you up on on your offer? It was um, <laughs> it was substantial. Uh, I I had a goal in mind uh, when it started this, uh, which was uh, fifty gift cards we passed that goal i think sometime on thursday uh and continued into sunday but let's you know i think the larger point is and and the idea behind that was that you know but every little bit helps and and getting ordering takeout doing gift cards um you know continuing to support the restaurants and and big ways and small yeah, so the the one thing I think that's, that's so important is not just ordering takeout or, or ordering delivery, but for those who are able or comfortable, ordering directly from the restaurant. And if they're offering delivery, you know, getting, using their, using their delivery, uh, or if they're offering to go, you know, being willing to venture outside and going to get it yourself instead of using a third-party delivery app. I mean, I, I fully acknowledge I use basically every single one of those apps uh, on a pretty regular basis. But at this point, you know, they, they're they waiving delivery fees for consumers, but they are not uh, waiving the percentage that they charge the restaurants. And so every dollar counts. And so to the extent that people, again, are capable or comfortable or willing to leave their house, going, going and getting it yourself gets the most dollars back to the restaurant. Absolutely. And, and, you know, buying gift cards is a great way to uh, reward yourself and also reward the restaurants and bars. Uh, doesn't require you, uh, you know, most of that can be done online. So, yeah. And we're, I mean, you know, by any measure, we're looking at uh, some pretty serious consequences if this lasts for too much longer. I mean, Texas Restaurant Association estimates anywhere from 20 to 30 percent of independent restaurants. Uh, if you want to get really scared, you can listen to the most recent episode of uh, David Chang's podcast. He speculates as many as 75% of independent restaurants. And I could see that in an, an environment like New York where there's so much greater density and where the the virus is really uh, has reached, you know, just unimaginable levels of uh, in terms of the infection rate and the spread and, and the time that's going to be required for it to work its way through that community. So, you know, I... I mean, you know, I know, I know everybody's, uh, I know everybody out there is is scared about what this could mean and how long it's going to last. 
a lot of people aren't working right now. So to the extent that people are capable, are comfortable, are able to support these restaurants, I mean, now's the time. And, and Lord knows, you know, they've supported all kinds of causes. I mean, I, you know, I've asked for help with community events, Matt, I know you've organized events that rely on restaurants to participate. And, and so, you know, this is our opportunity to give back. No, I think so. Um, and, and the other thing too, you know, let's remember when we're, we're talking about in these economic terms, what we're really talking about is human costs. I mean, these are, we're talking about people, you know, they happen to run restaurant bars, they happen to work in restaurant bars, whether they're, you know, front of house, back of house. Here in, in Texas, you know, the numbers somewhere about 1.4 million in hospitality. And, and that's, it just is, uh, that's what makes it so devastating. Yeah. And I mean, we know, you know, friends of ours across the industry who have, you know, been furloughed or laid off or, or somehow, you know, whatever term you want to lose, but, but the long and short of it is they're not working right now. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, our thoughts are with anyone listening to this podcast who's just lost their job. You know, I, I certainly aspire to be a, a source of both information and entertainment for people, but this is a serious situation and it, and it merits, uh, you know, sincere conversation. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be here for a while. I mean, it's, uh, the speed on the front end is not going to be matched by the speed on the back end. The recovery is going to be very slow. Um, you know, we're not even sure. There's just a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, and the longer it goes on, you know, the higher that hurdle is going to be. So it's, it's uh, a lot of anxiety, but, you know, I have a lot of confidence in, in Houston and Houstonians. You know, we're pretty... We're a pretty resilient bunch. You know, the spirit of community, um, I think, is really strong here. So hopefully sooner than later, we'll start to kind of find our sea legs, if you will, and um, kind of turn this thing around and, and start to rebuild. But it's, it's I think it's, I hope I'm wrong. I, I would be, I'm, I hope that I'm wrong. But I think it's going to be substantial. When, when well, said and done. Well, certainly, and and that's something that David Chang talked about. You know, it's it's one thing to close a restaurant; it's another thing to reopen it. You know, you got to get product in. You got to hire potentially hire an all new staff. You got to get everybody trained. You know, it's it's not. You know, these restaurants were ordered to close essentially in twenty four hours, and it's going to take a lot longer than that to get them spun back up and and. You know, I mean, the people that I know that have lost their jobs, it extends. It's not just, you know, servers and cooks and bartenders. It's it's people in the supply chain, you know, whether that's restaurant equipment or or wine sales or or what have you. But, you know, this is this is an industry with a lot of moving pieces and, and they're all being affected by the situation. So, you know, it's important to just, you know, do what we can to preserve as much as we can. And then, and then to understand that, you know, it's not going to come back as quickly as, as we would like it to. Well said. All right. And then, Matt, I want to I wrap this up with just a couple of resources out there for people. Southern Smoke Foundation is actively raising 
uh, as much money as fast as it can to help restaurant workers in crisis. I talked to Catherine Lott. She's the executive director. Uh, essentially, what they, they're prioritizing people with like medical emergencies, right? People who, you know, can't afford their medication or something like that, right? Getting them, getting them enough money to keep them healthy. And then people in like very dire uh, living situations. So if they, you know, are facing an eviction notice and can't pay their rent, uh, they're trying to get funds to people like that. Hopefully some of these uh, government orders that are prohibiting uh, evictions are, are, will help uh, slow some of the spread of that. But, you know, they've received a substantial donation from Tito's Vodka, uh, $50,000 from the Houston Texans Foundation, $50,000 from Angel's Envy, and then just a slew of individual contributions and in amounts from $25 to $100. And, and really, again, you know, people who have the resources, who care about restaurants, who care about the people that work at restaurants. Uh, that's going to be a, a very important resource for people as we move forward. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, what are, what are some of the things that people can do in addition to supporting the restaurants directly? I mean, Southern Smoke is, is just a godsend. Um, so they're certainly, you know, uh, probably the best non-restaurant bar place to support restaurants and bars yeah and then i've also been impressed uh with some of the various ways that restaurants are are supporting their own with free meals for people who have been recently unemployed uh houston shift meal is a group that's set up by cat Wynn and jonathan beitler and they've got opportunities for people at various days on the week they've got a a website and a Facebook page up that people can access. And then I, I've seen other people pop up. You know, Ronnie Kellen was serving free barbecue sandwiches last weekend. I know Monkey's Tail has partnered up with some liquor brands to give away, you know, burgers or pizzas or, or whatever else out of their kitchen. So, you know, you talk about the hustle, you talk about the limited resources, you talk about an industry in crisis, and they're still they're still finding ways to help each other. Yeah, I believe BCN and MAD had something over the weekend as well. Yep, they're giving away uh, paella uh, Monday through Friday starting at 5 p.m. They've got 200 portions that they're going to give away every day, uh, five days a week. So, you know, it's just, this is all kind of first come, first serve, and, and it's, not, it's not a permanent solution. But, you know, again, for people that, you know, may not know where their next meal is coming from, you know, that's, that's a possibility that's available to them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's humbling to see all the, that's happening right now. And it probably is going to get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. And, uh, just, um, hats off to all the people out there that are really doing again, every little bit helps. And so don't, don't, uh, I guess, the takeaway would be don't think that what you can do is too small. It's not. Right. I absolutely, uh, right. Every dollar helps, you know, every, every decision that people make to, you know, I mean, my, my, uh, my personal dining has been all over the map. You know, I've, I've been, I've gotten a pizza from Romano's and I've gotten takeout from Riel. So kind of high, low, um, they're all independent restaurants. They're all worthy of our support, and they're all places that I want to see stick around when when we come through this crisis. So, you know, every individual buying decision 
is the chance to support people and and whatever people can do will be appreciated agreed agreed and and then and, and just to reemphasize what you're really supporting is our people i mean it's it, it's through through you know restaurants and bars or through southern smoke or um you know whatever that vehicle may be but but what we're talking about is people yeah no absolutely all right matt i'm gonna say that does it for a uh somewhat uh, depressing take on the news of the week uh we're somber. gonna somber, somber daddy it's a good word we're gonna try to be a little bit more upbeat about some of the places that we've been ordering takeout from in our restaurants of the week segment stick around this segment brought to you by houston insider by visit houston whether you love houston or want to get to know the city better this free program is right for you go to visit insider to learn more you're listening to What's Eric Eating. Love Houston? Join the club. Houston Insider is a completely free program built for Houstonians. Join me and thousands of others at exclusive events around the city when you take the 15-minute online course. Become a Houston Insider and get access to invitations to special events, sneak previews, giveaways, discounts, and more, plus weekly updates on what's happening in Houston. Learn more and take the course at visithoustontexas.com backslash insider. That's visithoustontexas.com backslash insider. So, Matt, for our Restaurants of the Week, obviously we don't have any newly opened establishments to talk about, but I would like to know where you are ordering takeout from and uh, if anything has really stood out to you. I would say mostly just due to proximity fortunate to live in an area with a number of great options the kfc wings at riel first time i had them they're they're absolutely just uh home run pizarro's meat lovers new york style always solid always delivers t-rex running the money cap menu delicious that cauliflower in particular, I mean, just one of those where it would just kind of look in uh, at the significant other. Like, are you going to finish? Did you get your half? Because I'm ready to finish <laughs> the rest of it. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't made it up to T Rex yet. Uh, that is on my list of places to to visit. I, I noticed that Nancy's Hustle has started doing bagels as a kind of brunch breakfast brunch offering on the weekends. Mm-hmm. That has my attention with uh, like a smoked fish dip. So that's, yep. that's on my list of places to try. I picked up a couple of tacos from El Topo in West U. You know, they make those tortillas to order, so they still, you know, they travel pretty well. They hold up okay. I got a, a pizza from Romano's, which is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. You know, just greasy, kind of classic New York Foldham slices. And then I, I also went to Real. I treated myself to... Uh, to the hanger steak with the pierogies and uh, a gem lettuce salad, their version of a wedge. And, you know, I just, I needed pure comfort. So uh, pastrami sandwich, the Kenny and Ziggy's rye bread, lettuce, tomato, little, uh, little deli mustard. That always hits the spot. Yes, sir. And, and I guess in these times, ironically, the uh, uh, order from a uh, click virtual food hall, which is takeout delivery only in normal times uh and they they just they just do a great job their food is 
really speaks to me. And I think that was that was one of the takeaways is uh, I just sort of realized, uh, it just sort of drove home what a, a big part the restaurants, particular, as you know, I'm not a drinker, as the restaurants play in my life and just uh, the interaction with the chefs and the different type of dishes and it just uh it was it was interesting doing all this at home and just like man this food is so good and they've had to make this transition so quickly it just yeah it just kind of it just kind of stuck with me yeah is there anything else on your radar that you are sort of planning to hit i mean i i'm totally with you on the the money cat thing i think that's going to happen for me both nobis and the toasted coconut are open right now doing to go so i'd like to i'd like to come by there and kind of see what they're up to i don't know what are you what are you meal planning what are you contemplating yeah we did uh we did the uh fried chicken from uh squabble last night and uh i feel like i could see a uh kind of a theme developing this week like i feel like uh i need some fried chicken from la lucha maybe a fried chicken sandwich from relish maybe Fried chicken sandwich from Penny Quarter. Uh, I'm feeling footloose and fancy free, Daddy. So the world is your oyster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You just can't can't sit down and eat in a restaurant. Right. No, the other thing that's been on my radar is barbecue. I I have not availed myself of any of the the many barbecue joints that are are open right now. And uh, I... You know, places are staying open a little bit later, so you can get Fiji's barbecue delivered until five or six o'clock, depending on how quickly they sell out. I know Truth Barbecue is open late. Uh, Pinkerton's barbecue is doing uh, baked potatoes, which is something I know Grant had sworn they would never do. So, you know, a lot of interesting some some barbecue possibilities. That's uh, that's going to be something that happens for me this week for sure. Yeah, and and I. Uh... Pending more changes uh, this week, I, I, I'm going to be up on the north side of town and may uh, may just kind of do uh, belly of the beast, corkscrew, tris, tejas, come back to town and be pretty yeah. happy about it. Yeah, our our friend Anthony Campo Feliz, the subtle foodie, posted a picture of a very delicious banana pudding that he picked up from either either Tris or the kitchen. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm not, I'm not in our, in our kind of semi quarantine, like limited mobility mode. I'm not driving all the way up there just for lunch. But if I, if I had a reason to go up there, I don't think I would leave that part of the city without a tub of that banana pudding. Cause it looked very delicious. Yeah. You could just go straight desserts to the dessert crawl. Yeah cobbler from corkscrew and then go back for a cobbler from corkscrew right you need a cobbler you need a cobbler for right then and then a cobbler for two hours after when you realize that you didn't need enough cobbler well you need a cobbler then a cobbler for the ride home and then a cobbler once you get home right and then you might as well get a fourth cobbler because the significant other is going to be mad (laughs) you don't bring her cobbler true story all right matt I am going to say that does it for the restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Yeah, just uh, you're welcome. Thank you as well. I think just a couple final words. We've got a, a great organization here locally that's doing 
wonderful things and food and beverage, southernsmoke.org. Encourage people to visit their page, donate. It's also a great resource on how to do other things. Contact your representatives, senators, governors. Continue to order takeout, buy gift cards. It's a great way to support the, the restaurants and bars right now. Yeah, absolutely. Southern Smoke, Chris Shepard's uh, organization providing cash assistance to people in the restaurant industry at times of crisis. So this is uh, this is definitely one of those times, and, and they're getting hit like never before. Uh, they are the beneficiary of a of a $50,000 donation from the Houston Texans Foundation. And I just got an email that they also are getting part of a million-dollar donation that Tito's Vodka is spreading out between four organizations. So they are starting to take in some serious money, but but the need is is very great. And so everything that people can do, you know, within their means to support that organization will be very much appreciated. Indeed. Hats off to Tito's and the Houston Texans. That's yeah. It's as you said, it's needed. Yeah. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I'll be right back with Justin Turner. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? This segment brought to you by Houston Insider by Visit Houston. Go to visithouston.com slash insider to learn more. I'm joined this week by Justin Turner, the chef owner of Bernie's Burger Bus. Justin, I would say welcome to the show. But <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate you doing this. I know this has been this has been a very difficult week for you. Yeah, no, this is, uh, uh, you know, out of all the years of being in the restaurant business, all the experience, all the great mentors... Nobody told me how to do this shit, so <laughs> trying to figure it out. Well, did you have a sense maybe that, that closing dining rooms was something that was going to be uh, on the horizon? I mean, did you, did, you, did you start to kind of form a plan once, that, once it became obvious or, or maybe not obvious, but at least likely that that was coming to Houston? Yeah, I mean, I started really kind of diving into the financial side of things. We really saw... Once this uh, pandemic kind of started to take wind on the media, we immediately started seeing sales declines all over, across the board, all four stores. And then once uh, we started to get these new rules of how we're going to be doing business, we quickly saw that there is no possible way to sustain payroll. And the number one thing for me is, is paying people for the job they've done. Um, I was super concerned um, because we had a payroll this last Friday. Um, and so pulling the plug last Wednesday on, on three of the four locations was a necessary evil because I owe those people that payroll. I also owe them up till Wednesday of last week uh, money. And uh, when I started looking at the bank accounts and the sales, they weren't jiving together. And so um, I had to make a pretty quick and very difficult decision to furlough, you know, 101 out of 108 employees um, and kind of make operations as tight as we can into the one store. And, and really just we're holding on um, just because these people, the, the ones that I was able to keep aboard, they've been with me since I was one little food truck 10 years ago. I'm just trying to keep some money in their pocket. I don't even know how I'm going to put money in my pocket. Uh, the reality is we're not doing enough to go business, delivery business, 
to 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 pay much more than the six people that I have here remaining on staff. Yeah, I was I wanted to ask you about that because you know all of these restaurants are are moving to delivery and to go. You already do uh, some some portion of your business that way. I mean, how are people responding to it? You know, we've had some good um, uh, Bernie's uh, uh, fans that have come in and supported uh, us, and and uh, they've helped. But the reality is, um, this has changed dramatically. I mean, we uh, as a company averaged twenty five percent of our business into go and delivery prior to this. We are doing probably one tenth of that business now. Um, so where it was a pretty significant part of our business, um, we're, we were hoping that we would maintain that 25% and that would keep us afloat. And we saw immediately that it's not going to be even close to that. And so, and we haven't even seen one spike, uh, with Friday and Saturday being our first weekend doing this. We haven't seen one spike to show us that it's going to get back up to that 20% of what our normal sales would be. Uh, which is what our expectation was. Um, so I'm really glad I did what I did Wednesday <laughs> because um, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I would not be able to do a payroll um, even with a, a, a smaller staff at four locations uh, if if the sales are, you know, basically 4% of what we normally do. Uh, and that's seeming to be the trend right now. We're about four. Four and a half percent of uh, what our normal sales are. I mean, do you have any theories for why your volumes are so low? I think there's. You I know, find that surprising. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not uh, an expert, but I have watched grocery stores. I have watched how people are um, social distancing themselves, and they're using their, they're staying at home, they're eating at home, they're they're going to the grocery stores and cleaning cleaning up um, uh, the grocery stores. The grocery stores have had to, you know, up their employees. I've sent a lot of my employees to the HEB stores um, to help because there's a demand. So, you know, if grocery stores are picking up the slack, which it seemingly looks like they are doing, I just think, you know, people are are not, um, you know, we've got our true fans and, and, and people are helping us out, but I just don't think people are going out and supporting restaurants, uh, like they were before. I think there, uh, there's a big push for that. Um, and maybe some of my other fellow restaurateurs are, are seeing that, but, uh, unfortunately we are not. And I attribute a lot of it to people just trying to stay home and eat with their families at the house and do stuff like that. So, I mean, do you feel like if you could just hold on for another week or two that eventually people will get bored with their own home cooking and start to seek you out again? I hope so. I mean, I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I, I brought up to my staff uh, something that was really hard for me. Um, but, you know, nine years ago, I lost my entire staff. Um, one of my employees was uh, killed. Um, everyone in, in that group was affected. And so in overnight, I lost my entire staff. I closed down for a couple months. This is before I had more than one bus. And I had a, a rally 
at the Boneyard, which used to uh, be over on Washington. And um, the, the, the dog park bar, I remember it yeah, well. Yeah, so that event turned me from, you know, I could have essentially given up, but I, I took that event as a stepping stone and I turned it into four restaurants. And I told my staff, look, I've done it once. I'm going to do it again. Like, I might be a little drearier than normal. I might not be uh, as happy-go-lucky as I normally am, but I'm totally motivated. And so I've got an eight-year-old child uh, that I have to take care of. I've got a new wife. Um, well, she's a fiancé, but soon to be my wife and, and two kids who I, you know, I want to contribute to our household. And so... I don't give up. I'm going to do something. Uh, the, the beautiful thing is, is I can cook. There's not a lot of people that do cook. And if, you know, burgers aren't the answer next week, we might be doing enchiladas and pupusas and Lord knows. Um, but I'm not a, uh, I don't give up. And especially when I got this, you know, my family depending on me and my restaurant family who've been with me for almost this whole time. We're not, we're not giving up. I got people in here right now buying avocados and potatoes and ground beef. Like we'll sell, we're literally selling anything we can just to keep uh, dollars coming in the door. So, yeah, I did want to, I did want to ask you about that. I mean, are you, you, you added the bodega with kind of fresh produce and some other things. I know you're trying some, maybe some family style non-burger options. How's, how are those aspects going if people responded to that? The bodega part, pretty good. I mean, uh, in the last two days alone, I've probably sold a couple hundred dollars worth of meat and produce, uh, which is great. I'm not going to be, I'm not moving through it fast enough selling it in, in hamburger form. And so for people to come and do that, I mean, I had a person just leave here with a 50 pound box of potatoes. So, um, you know, we uh, we're optimistic when it comes to that stuff. Um, it's not going to be our bread and butter, but it is keeping our product fresh, which is the most important thing to me. Uh, I'm not going to serve a shit product, uh, no matter what time it is, uh, no matter what the circumstances are. So, you know, we're we're grinding meat uh, every day. We're um, we're getting produce as much as we can uh, when we can, and we're trying to sell it in any form we can. Right. Yeah. No. Totally. So, um, yeah, it's going, uh, I would love for it all to be better, um, for everybody, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like to sit in here and, and think that I'm in this bubble alone. There's so many of my fellow friends across the country here in Houston and across the country that are really feeling the, uh, the effects of this. Yeah. I mean, what are you kind of hearing from people or, or what is your sense from kind of your, uh, your other colleagues in the market. I mean, what are you? Uh, what is your sense of how people are, are weathering this? You know, my my sense is that people are um, are just as equally optimistic as I have been. Um, we've you know we've shared some horror stories, but we've also talked about how nice some of our guests have been and how people have come in and you know they're tipping my my uh, staff very well. Um, you know, so there's, there's an optimistic side to it, but the reality side too also sets in when we're having these conversations and, you know, we all are, a lot of us are on the same page. 
seventy percent of of restaurants are not going to come back from this. The small mom and pops losing this kind of cash flow um, and the dramatic downside of the that and the trickle down effects of creditors and everybody coming wanting to collect their cash because you know we have to pay for groceries and uh, landlords want their rent. Um, I don't know what what stimulus there's going to be from that, but ultimately, in my opinion, I would be shocked if there is there's more than 70 percent of, of these restaurants that don't uh, uh, come back from this. And, I, and I'm worried about me being one of those. So. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I, so let me ask you, I mean, what are you I mean, how much or how long do you think you can kind of hold out or, or what are you hearing from your business partner or I mean? You know what are what are you doing to make sure that you can that you can kind of come back from this? Um, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, we we've we've been in constant communications through this, um, but the unfortunate side is, you know, with the mountain of of uh, what we would have to undertake from a financial side, as well as you know to open up four stores again, I've got to hire again, I've got to train again, more than likely, like, I'm not going to get all my original staff back, so there's going to be, if we do this, we're going to have to do this one by one, um, like, I'm opening up four restaurants again, so, you know, that's uh, financially wrapping our heads around what that's going to take, that's that's pretty damn difficult, so, um, you know, I don't get, unfortunately, uh, I don't get the, the sense that um, he's aboard uh, that 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 journey, um, but I know that he's got shit nine other businesses that he's dealing with a lot of problems. So I know that I am uh, one tenth of his problems right now. So I, I know he's not. We're not having as many meetings and focus, but he knows the plan and he knows that um, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fight and. Maybe maybe we, I don't come back as a Bernie's Burger Bus. Maybe we come back and it's something new and different. Um, I love to cook, man. I'm always going to cook, and maybe this is the uh, the the opportunity for me to step out of just the burger realm and come back into this with doing some other things. Um, you'll always find a way to get a burger out of me. Uh, the city uh, has been eating it for ten years. Uh, so there always might be that the that little glimmer of burger burgerness coming out of me, um, but uh, yeah, maybe I come out of this and there's there's just different opportunities. I do feel uh, their their investors are smart. They're licking their some of them are licking their chops because second generation restaurant space is always hard to come by. Now there's going to be so much second generation restaurant space. Landlords are going to want to get those filled. They're not going to want to have to put a lot of TI into these spaces. So you never know. I mean, savvy investor comes around and, and says, I love Bernie's. I was a fan since the days of the bus. I want to bring them all back. I got the capital to do it. Uh, I'm, I'll tell you what, I will be right there side by side that person um, to, to go through this journey again. Um, I am not going to show my son and now my two bonus children, I'm not going to show them that I give up. That's just that's just not what I'm going to do. Uh, as much as I'd like to sometimes, it's just not who I am and definitely who I don't want to portray to these children. Well, and, and certainly, I, I mean, I would think that 
landlords aren't going to want to have dozens and dozens of open restaurant spaces and in inventory that they might be, they might be, I mean, are you talking to them at all about some sort of rent deferral or, or abatement or, I mean, I talked to one restaurateur last week who said, you know, they'll give me like, they'll, they'll tack a month on to what we've already agreed to so that, you know, it gets paid five years from now at a higher rate than it would have gotten paid next month. Yeah. That but, doesn't, that do, it's like the loans, dude. That doesn't even make sense. Like, why do I yeah. want to take out more debt and, and, Oh, it's low interest. Great. <laughs> what I want to do is add uh, more money to my debt sheet and pay interest on top of it. It's just not a recipe for success. I, I, I feel like, um, this is going to dramatically change our industry. Um, and, it, and, and really and truly, landlords have always been the driving factor of our, our industry. They, they, they kind of determine how long a tenant can stay in there. You know, uh, what, what, what I was noticing before all this was happening is, you know, the, the taxes and, and common area maintenance charges that these landlords are upping every year to these tenants, it's, it, we were hitting a bubble anyways. There's no restaurant that should pay $70 a square foot. I mean, they have to do $5 million in sales. And no offense to Houston, there, there's not many places that can pull that kind of numbers off in, in 3,000 square feet. So I was thinking it was happening soon anyways, because I'm I'm watching places like my Lawson Terra store and my Heights store. You know, the Heights store raised my rent $36,000 a year because the cam charges went up. And I'm like, how do you expect me to do that? You know, I mean, I... I right. uh, I don't see how that works. And so there's no, in my opinion at all, there's no benefit for the landlord to ever negotiate their taxes. So they're going to, taxes will always go up and the tenants are the ones who have to pay for those taxes. And so, you know, the trickle down of all this, um, while they might give us a month or two, they're going to tack it on at the end at a higher rate. That's just, I don't want to, I don't want to sign up for that. I mean, um, I already know how hard it is to pay with my current charges and, and you know, with uh, the, the, uh, how the market moves um, in our business and how we have, you know, there's these different trends, like what we're going through now. You just never know uh, to commit yourself to paying higher rent in five years. It's just like, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like it's a bad idea. So, I mean, so I guess what we're thinking, so you think maybe Bernie's could come back, but maybe there won't be four of them. Is that kind of where you're? Yeah, that, that's where my head's at. It might not even be Bernie's, dude. might be Bernie's 2.0. Might be uh, might be what I wanted to start off new, Bodega Jacks, which was uh, my grandfather's, um, how I got the name Bernie's is through him using his uh, father-in-law as a as a, a a name for his businesses and, and and so everyone knew him as jack so i always thought if we if we come back from this it might not be bernie's it might be bodega jacks and uh we're gonna we'll be doing some different things we'll do some burgers maybe we'll we'll throw them in on fridays or something i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but um i know that i'm gonna be cooking throughout this process so whatever whatever it is it'll be delicious food and um some homage to the the days of bernie's burger bus um but if we make it out of it great but i'm also thinking 
uh, for the future too, and how to adapt to this new this new living because we don't know what it's going to be like in society in a couple weeks when whatever is normal is normal. So I don't I don't want to claim to say I'm only doing one thing because you've known for a long time I'm not just a one trick pony. So I want to get back into this game and do the best I can with whatever that takes and whatever kind of food that is. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've always, I mean, I remember you did a, a Korean col- collaboration with Matt Pack once. I mean, I know you've done, I mean, I remember, I think we talked about this the first time you were on the show, you know, you did a pop-up at grand prize. It was an all duck menu, yeah. you know, and it was like 15, 20 bucks an entree. And it was crazy. I mean, it showed all this like classical technique and everything. So, right. I mean, people who maybe haven't been around Bernie's as long or, or, you know, aren't as familiar with your, your personal history working for Shane Battier and, and working at some pretty nice restaurants in Memphis may not, may not know that you can do a lot more as a, as a chef than make burgers. But that's, that's why the burgers are so good, right? Cause you, you know, all the tricks and you, you sweat all those details and you bring a, a chef's precision everything you do so yeah you know, I, I heard uh, i forgot who it was talk about i think it was an astrophysicist um saying like how he was comparing in and out and shake shack and in and out is a good fast food burger but shake shack was designed by a chef it's a chef's burger uh same kind of same kind of thing we put into ours is i, I was not going to come out and put mayonnaise and mustard and ketchup and pickles from a jar i can I can make all that <laughs> and I'll definitely be different than everybody else. And I'll, and I, I, I will apply that to anything I do in life uh, when it comes to the food side of things is trying to figure out how to do it my way. So um, Houston's been such a great, you, uh, I, I, all the, all the media in Houston have, have treated me so well. I'm, I'm this is my city. Um, Chicago was, was my home, but now this is my hometown. I am a, a uh, definite Astros fan. Uh, I'm a definite Texans, and even though I like the Cubs and the Bears, I'm a, I'm a Houston. I'm I, my son was born here. My first businesses was here. This is this is home to me now. I've I've actually lived here more than I lived in Chicago. So um, I love this city. I'm not going anywhere, and I'll be some part of this culinary landscape in some way, shape, or form. However, we go through this. I gotta say, I don't know. After that, uh, after that DeAndre Hopkins trade last week, I don't know that I'm a Texans fan anymore. So you don't, you don't that's have to true. claim them. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but the you Bears don't. suck too. I mean, who picking up Nick Foles? Picking up Nick Foles was not, you know, it's trading. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, you I get like some of that BD energy. I guess so. Uh, but man, I the Bears have never in my life ever uh, done anything when it comes to the quarterback position. And it just, it just shows they're just making some poor decisions. That's a huge payroll to take on. Yeah. So, All right, man. So. Well, I, I know this is hard times for you. I, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about what you're going through. Appreciate so, that. So look, I mean, like you said, you're, you're hardworking, you're motivated. So I, I don't, I don't know what the future holds from you, but but I really I wish you nothing but the best, and and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. And if I could say one thing, um, I really appreciate what you do for the restaurant community. Um, I think you know uh, there are a lot of people who are out there who are writing about food and talking about food, um, but by far you've been able to capture truly 
the restaurateur and the chef's voice uh, and, and put it out there. And, and you know, with all this uh, stuff online, all the stuff, you know, people are reading and Yelp and all these stuff, like to have someone with your credibility and, and I, I'm just honored to get to talk to you. So I really oh. appreciate it. Justin, that's very nice of you. I will I will send you the 50 bucks that we agreed on for you to say that. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Yeah, I got to pay. I kind of pay my car note. So Yeah, I got my I, I got my $50 worth out of, out of that bribe. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Bernie's dot com for all of uh, all of your current menus and everything. Uh, what are you how can people how can people get it delivered if they want it delivered? Uh, go to our website, Bernie's dot com. Click order online. Choose between takeout and delivery. Um best way to do it also uh saves the restaurant the most amount of money i do want to say before we get off if uh you can make a plea to doordash and uber eats and all these places that are still charging restaurants 30 percent for their delivery um cut us some damn slack like for real i know you're giving free delivery to the customers but the customers aren't the ones who need it stop taking 30 30 cents off each dollar doordash and uber eats you guys are schmucks so. yeah there's some uh there's some legislation in new york city that made that that they were before all this uh coronavirus stuff started happening that that was going to maybe limit the the percentage they were allowed to take and, and we'll see if that catches on nationally but i i think i hope so You're i i us. That conversation is coming, I think, especially now that now that we're so reliant on those services to get food. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Justin, cool. again, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. That does Bye-bye. it for this episode of What's Eric Eating. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week.